0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Bill Moss joins Show and Vern. Mondays at 1130. 610 Sports Radio. KCSB Kansas City. WDAF
1: HD2 Kansas City. A Radio.com Sports Station. Good
2: evening, Kansas City. Welcome in. It is the Therese Paylor Show on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kylie. Therese Paylor, one of the best NFL writers in the country, is alongside me tonight. You can follow him on Twitter, at Therese Paylor. You can read his work on Yahoo Sports. Therese, not a pretty one to watch last or yesterday for the Chiefs. We've got a lot to discuss over the next hour. We're going to dive into the offense coming up here in just about 15 minutes at 630. I want to talk about Brett Veach with you. How are you
1: doing tonight, my man? What's going on, BK? I see the uh, text lines coming <laughs> in hot quickly. If they don't Six. get Zach Brown, I'm done with V2. Okay. All right, guys. Let's. We're going to talk about the areas this team is struggling. We're going to talk about things you can do to make it better. And we're going to dissect offensively and defensively what's going on. But I'm going to need you guys to come off the ledge just a tad. Just
2: a bit. Just back up just a bit. So we've got one hour to talk him off the ledge, Therese. I'm sure you'll be able to do so. I'm sure there's going to be no chance that anybody's still there whenever you're <laughs> done with them. Therese Paylor, Brandon Kylie. It is the Therese Paylor Show on 610 Sports Radio. Like he said, the text line is available. We want to get your questions in. The protein I'll with the purpose text line is 69306. All right. We talked about it last week. The place that we've got to begin is the biggest issue that is facing the Chiefs right now, in my opinion. The run defense is a problem. Anybody that tells you that it's not a problem is lying to you. There are people that are trying to cover up for it. I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm done. I don't care what your analytics say. I'm a numbers guy. I'm done. The run defense matters, and we saw it last night. The Chiefs (laughs) are the first team to allow at least 180 rushing yards in four straight games since the 2012 Bills. This matters. They're the second team to do it in the last decade and the fourth team to do it in the last 30 years. If you can't stop the run, teams are going to run the ball. It doesn't matter if they're running back as Ezekiel Elliott or Carlos Hyde. The Chiefs allowed 100 yards to Carlos Hyde, who they got rid of because he stinks over the offseason. All right, Therese, your response.
1: This is why we've been talking about this for the better part of a month. Listen, I understand that the National Football League has been... It's a passing league. I got it. I'm 100%. I'm with it. It's a passing league now. Andy Reid's right at the forefront of it. That's cool. But at the end of the day, I don't know how much we have to see what happens in January before we remember that the run game still matters in pro football. Does it matter as much as it did 20 years ago? No. But it still matters. So, yes, this is why we've been talking about this for the greater part of a month. Listen, listen, teams have a way to slow down the greatest quarterback in the NFL, and that's to keep him off the field, okay? Okay. He is an unbelievable weapon. But if you can't get him on the field, he can't hurt you. This is why teams are running the ball on you. And this is why teams are going to consistently run the football on you. That's what's going to happen. So, yeah, the run defense is a problem. And BK, you know, we've talked about this for the greater part of the month. It's not just like one area. Like, I wish I could tell you guys, hey, you know, it's just the linebackers. You know, they're undisciplined. I wish I could tell you that, hey, it's just a down lineman, and they're not stout enough at the point of attack. I wish I could tell you it was just the scheme, but I can't. It's all of it. So, at this point, you got to understand, this is all those men in that defensive room, starting with the coaches and then the players too, saying, okay, what do we have to do to get better? And then it's the front office saying, okay, what can we do to help these guys? Because, you know, you're going to be a little limited in what you can do to fix this football team between now and March. So guys better start picking it up individually in that building or at the end of the year, we're going to be talking about, um, you know, another disappointing season ending in the exact same way we've seen it in the last three seasons. It's interesting that you mentioned that, the way that it ended. I think
2: that's why we're seeing so many people so upset today is because they watched that game on Sunday, and they thought, I've seen this exact game before. It was in January. That is, It what? was against the Patriots. And I'm looking at the box scores right now. Therese, the Texans had 35 first downs against the Chiefs yesterday. The, the Patriots had 36 against them
1: in January. It was the same blueprint it, to a T. It's not. That's the thing, right? It's not like they're losing in new ways. It'd be one thing if it was just like, oh yeah, receivers are dropping the passes. And man, they gotta get the they gotta get Patrick Mahomes some help. Like, no, that's not what we're saying. I've written the same season-ending game story the last three years. Hey, can someone stop the run, please? Like, this matters in the NFL. Like, good teams are able to do it because the weather gets colder and the games not only change like the way they're played, they're called differently. And the way they're officiated is differently too. So here's the thing. I got to imagine they know that. Um, And the Chiefs have to make some adjustments. Uh, Players have to be better with it. The staff's got to be able to do some things. But at the end of the day, you know know what's actually really interesting here? In a way, the fact that Patrick Mahomes is, like, playing through this ankle injury is, like, giving you the avenue to see why you have to be better. Because the truth is, if he was healthy – He'd probably overcome some of this stuff. I think they win the last two yeah. games. If like, and then it's is just like, ah, you know, everything's great, and it's just like, but and it's just like, hey, Mahomes just runs away from trouble. You don't think about the offensive line. You're not thinking about the run. It's easy to talk yourself into, hey, this is a pretty good, complete football team when you got the best player in football. But when he's hurt, it shines a spotlight on the real issues on this team that they have to get better at. Now, I will say this too, man. This is really important here. Okay, why you have Superman? it's really important that you don't stake your entire hopes of winning a Super Bowl on that guy being Superman like you can't just say hey go win us the Super Bowl Superman because too many things in this league happen that can change that equation you still have to build a football team there's 53 men on the roster there's 22 starters still got to be a good football team and I, I will I will I will say this, I've consistently told you that rebuilding this defense was going to be a two-year deal. This is year one. Next year, the time's out. You're going to get another offseason to remake it. There will be changes made. There will be run stuffers on this roster. Yeah, that's going to happen. But, you know, no one cares about that right now. Let's find some ways to make this football team better because, let's face it, if they can make the defense better, they can they can win a Super
2: Bowl. I want to ask you about, you about the offense. We'll do that on the other side. But right now, I want to ask you a very simple question that I'm sure does not have a very simple answer. How does it get better? Like, how can they improve Mm -hmm. the run defense? They don't need to be great. I'm not asking them to be top five. How do they not be the worst?
1: (laughs) Okay, so I will give you a historical comparison. The 2006 Indianapolis Colts had one of the worst run defenses in NFL history. We all remember that. Um, They were horrendous. They just couldn't do anything. Uh, but then the playoffs rolled around and they halved their rushing yards allowed average from like 160 to 80. And a big reason for that was the return of Bob Sanders, who's a who was a special player in his day. Bob Sanders was about as tall as me, 5'8", barely. But he was a really special player who allowed them to devote more resources toward the run. Um, he was also a special player against the running himself, so, but whatever. Um, it starts with saying, okay, if we get a corner, maybe we can devote more, more bodies to the run. Because when your personnel is not good enough to, de- to handle it, like one-on-one, if you devote bodies to it, sometimes you can fix it. There's also this. For the, for, for the immediate future, we actually have touched on this a little bit in the past, BK. You can help these guys by running the ball more. You can do that, you know. The offensive line's not great. I get it, but I'm telling you, Offensive linemen sometimes play better when they get a chance to exert themselves physically in the run game early. And if you can find a way to keep these, this defense off, off the field, you got to play complimentary football, man. You know This is not a good defense right now, but they've been on the field 40 minutes the last two games. You got to do a better job controlling um, the time of possession, especially when your quarterback's not running around the way he used to. Um, You got to find some ways to run the football and even if it's just not lining up like it's 1999, you know, easy completions, whatever it takes to keep the clock running. This is what this football team's got to do to give this defense a chance.
2: A lot of our texters are asking about a guy that just became available Zach Brown. He got cut by the Eagles earlier today. Uh, He's a linebacker. He's every time I've watched him pretty good linebacker, but he was available late into the free agency process that I had questions about why that was the case when he's a pretty good linebacker. And then he gets cut six weeks into the season by a team that's in contention with the Eagles. And he was a starter on their defense coming into the week. So it's strange to me that he's cut. Now it was strange to me that he was available as late as he was. It screams to me that there's something else there other than just what's on the field. But Out of curiosity, I I trust your football IQ as much as anybody. Do you think this is a guy that the Chiefs should or could go out and try to acquire to help this run defense?
1: I think they need to take a hard look at at everybody. (laughs) So, at this point, sometimes just fresh blood can help, okay? Like, sometimes fresh blood can help. But I will warn you guys, listen, just like we're like, oh, you got to sign somebody right now. Listen, just like every offensive lineman that's worth his salt is on a roster right now because there's not enough good ones in the first place, you know, most – if he's, like, really good, he's not getting released, okay? So, he's going to he's gonna have some flaws. Um, you know, he's going to have some issues. Maybe he could help against the run defense. He is 6'1", 250. That sounds pretty appetizing right now. It's like, hey, a little bit of...
2: I think he's you know, got to be better than yeah. what they have. Like, I don't know
1: that to be true,
2: no, but, but I, I have a hard time believing he's not.
1: You know, but it's just like, okay... Then you got to worry about all right when he's on the field. Teams are going to throw at him because he's six one two fifty. Already doing that you know? though. They completed it's, every pass you know? thrown to two the linebackers last week. You know, but it, so you have to like explore everything. Sure, but I, it just it it totally comes down to whether or not you think he'll assimilate assimilate to the system. And if look, if you just want a run stopper, play raggling. Like it's, it's not just that simple. It's about finding a good football player at that position that can at least hold up in the past game. He's
2: Therese Paylor. I'm Brandon Kylie. We got a lot to get into. There was a ton that came out of that game yesterday. So if you guys have any questions, get them in. We will answer those towards the end of the show. The Protein House Eat With a Purpose text line is 69306. Coming up next, the offense is not blameless for the loss yesterday. I want to dive into that and ask Therese some questions about what's going wrong right now with the offense. We'll do that next. It is the Therese Paylor Show on 610 Sports Radio. The
0: Therese Paylor Show, 610 Sports Radio. Discounts including factory rebate available to all van discounts, plus tax, title, and fees. Rich Gannon, Wednesdays at 4.30 on The Drive, 610 Sports Radio.
2: Welcome back. It is the Therese Paylor Show on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kylie. Therese Paylor alongside me tonight. You can find his work at Yahoo Sports, one of the best NFL writers in the country. Always get involved in the show. The Protein House Eat With a Purpose text line is 69306. All right, we've spent the majority of the show so far on the defense and that is obviously for good reason that being said they're not the only ones to blame for what we've seen over the last two weeks the offense shares its part of the blame as well especially against the Texans the Chiefs offense posted its lowest total yardage in that game passing yardage in that game and completion percentage in that game of any game this year Mm -hmm. They also had their fewest big plays of the season. They had four total big plays, and Mahomes had just 48 second-half passing yards. It was his fewest-and-a-half all season long. Therese, the offense, for whatever reason, is sputtering. Mm -hmm. There have now been eight quarters this year that they haven't scored in. Mm -hmm. There are quarters, like the second quarter against the Raiders, where they look like the best offense in football again. And the majority of the time,
1: they look merely average. What's going on here? Easy. Here you go. And remember, football is not black and white. It's a shade of gray. I'm going to tell you every reason this offense is struggling right now. Very simple. Number one, the best quarterback in the NFL is unbelievably susceptible to just having his ankle touched. And when he gets touched, all of a sudden, all the things that make him magical, the X-Factor escape artist trade goes away. So now he's got to win in the pocket. He's throwing from one leg. That affects his accuracy. That affects the whole offense. Okay, fine. Most of the time, he's actually looked pretty good even with that. So it's not – him it does not start with him you are missing your left tackle who everybody who is listening now I'm sure has a much greater opinion of right now than maybe they did two months ago um he's he is being missed okay you don't have Sammy Watkins these are big losses as far as um building and scheming in this offense okay Andrew Wiley was hurt okay um At the end of the day, the Chiefs' offense is banged up, and it'd be one. Here's the thing: if Mahomes wasn't hurt at all, you probably wouldn't even notice. That's the crazy thing. But he is hurt, and they're still trying to get on the same page with other receivers. So you take away Watkins, you take away Fisher, you you haven't been able to generate a strong ground game because the offensive line hasn't been healthy the last few. Hey, listen. Everything gets affected. It's a symbiotic relationship on offense. So the Chiefs are going to have a lot of work to do on that side of the ball um, this offseason as well. Please know that. Like, hey, listen, not just veteran free agents. You could see some draft picks there, offensive line, another tight end because – Every tight end they've got after Kelsey is someone that they signed as a free agent that is a young free agent too. Like, guess what? If you had like a premium tight end, maybe you could run more twelve personnel with, and it maybe it'd be a little bit more dangerous because it's two guy, tight ends. Right? Yeah. If two. Ga- thank you. I appreciate that. I got you. If two. Yeah, my man. If, <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting dorky. If, if, if
2: um, he's over here, like, yeah, you yeah, know, if, running yeah. more tracks. Right. We're gonna.
1: <laughs> so so if you're gonna have like two tight end sets like that, it's very important that both tight ends are able to run and are able to catch and block. That's actually not that easy to find. You have to you have to find a guy that can do both. You have to draft him early. So anyway, there's a lot that can improve on that side of the ball. But, man, listen, best way to get better on that side of the ball, keep Patrick upright, let that ankle heal.
2: I saw this. This came from Bill Barnwell of ESPN.com. He wrote up about the Mahomes injury splits, right? So over the last two weeks, what does he look like before the injury? And then what does he look like after the injury? Before the injury, he looks like Patrick Mahomes. 70% of his passes are being completed. He's thrown for 670 yards over the last two weeks whenever he's not injured. Mm -hmm. He's had five touchdowns, zero interceptions. That's tremendous. That is Patrick Mahomes. That's the guy. After he had his ankle hurt completing 57% of his passes. That's like Jameis Winston level. 295 yards, six yards per attempt, two touchdowns, one pick. That's average.
1: Yeah, he's throwing from one foot.
2: That's he average. He can't
1: really even step in it. You can even see it as he takes his drops. His footwork's not the same. So, yeah, like, look, this is one of the reasons I've been saying for a few weeks, like, you know, even if you know, like, the run game is not, going to generate the fruit he did a year ago when you had Kareem Hunt and, like, a better offensive line, sometimes it just benefits just to do it. You know, you're reducing the shots on your quarterback. You're letting some of these offensive linemen establish themselves. And I'm going to tell you, if Patrick Mahomes can't really, like, run around and you're worried about his ankle, you know, Thursday night in Denver is not, like, a great time to just have a devil-may-care attitude about throwing the ball. Like, these guys want to get after him. Okay, like the Broncos are seeing like their last chance to really save their season in a meaningful way. That's a two and four football team. But if they beat the Chiefs at home on Thursday night, just like I warned you how Houston was going to come in here. I told you that was a statement game for them. I told you that was a spotlight game for both O'Brien and Watson. And what happened? They came in here. They did play well, aside from Will Fuller dropping some passes. And now people are talking about Deshaun Watson. Being an MVP candidate, I'm telling you right now, you are getting Denver's best shot on Thursday because this is the last chance for that team to save their seasoning in a meaningful way. They lose that game, they're done. They're looking forward to going to Acapulco in three months. They win it. Hell, they one more win away from being 500, BK. So,
2: on Thursday, I don't have this mindset, but I do disagree with one thing from you. I think it was the right game plan to go in passing against the Texans. I do. I understand the ankle injury. I understand that he didn't look the same afterwards, but really what Chiefs fans are mad about is the last two possessions of the game, three and out on both of them. That That's what we're really mad at because the other possession they had in the second half, they only had three of them. That's part of the issue here. The other possession, they scored a touchdown. So it wasn't an issue there. It was really the last two possessions. The reason why I think that it was the right game plan. You look at who the Texans had a corner in this game. One of their starters was the guy that Chiefs fans hated when he was here. It was Philip King. Sure. He stinks. So you're attacking their biggest weakness. Right. Against but this the is run. not about that. Okay. This Go is ahead.
1: about the time of possession being 40 to 20. Sure. That's not okay. So you're right, it's okay to start out throwing. That's fine. But again, you still have to play some degree of complementary football. Like the last two games, the offense has be- Teams have control, contained the ball for two thirds of the game. You're not helping one of the worst defenses um, in the NFL statistically by just if you're just going to keep throwing and keep throwing. Um, listen, far be it from me to criticize Andy Reid's play calling. He should be a Hall of Fame coach as soon as he wins a Super Bowl. I hope to be the I'm wearing my jacket today. I hope to be the guy that's in there giving you know I hope to be the guy giving his speech in front of that room. I'm just saying when you lose, you know, scrutiny is okay. Absolutely, a- and I'm telling you. You're not going to win a lot of games when the time of possession is 40-20. to So that's why I'm saying, hey, you got to run the ball a little bit more. That's important. That's part of managing the game.
2: I totally understand where you're coming from. But in the first half, it wasn't a problem. The first half, the problem was there was a defensive pass interference that was called and then wasn't called, and it ultimately resulted in an interception. That hurt their time of possession. That was a missed call by the refs that was blown, and if that interception doesn't get thrown, they probably go down and score on that drive. The next drive, they missed a field goal. It happens Well, we're talking
1: about the whole game.
2: No, I understand, but I'm talking about the, the first half, that's how the time of possession got skewed. The first half, the only issue with the time of possession was the interception that gave the ball back to the Texans. The next one, they missed a field goal, but they drove. They had themselves in position to score there, and they missed the field goal. And then the next possession was when they had, like, 10, 20 seconds left on the clock or whatever, and they fumbled it before the Texans ultimately went in and scored. That's the end of the first half right there. The second half, their first drive, they scored a touchdown. So, really, we're talking about two drives here. The the other drives weren't an issue. Those, the, those weren't an issue when it came to the time of possession. The only thing that ultimately came to be the problem okay. was those last two drives that the Chiefs had, three plays apiece, went three and out on both of them. The drives around them that the Texans had, nine minutes and five minutes.
1: So, explain two weeks ago, then. This isn't just a this-week problem. Sure. This is a last-two-week thing. This is not just this week. So, again, if you want to protect this defense that we both agree has been exposed, you have to run the football more. Not just this last game. This is something we've watched closely for the last month. It's okay to say, all right, my MVP quarterback's not quite the same. We got to protect them a little bit. This defense, Lord knows teams are running the ball on them. Uh, let's try to establish ourselves a little bit and play complementary football. So, like, I get it. I understand it. That don't change the fact that it's been 38 and 39 time of possession the last two weeks. Like, it, it doesn't change that at all.
2: I'm with you. I totally understand. And 90% of our listeners are on your side of the argument here. And I understand that moving forward, they need to be more balanced. They need to have a better running game. I'm just saying, like, when you've got Patrick Mahomes and he hasn't been at his best, so I, th- that's also part of the discussion here. He's, he's been hurt, and so you want to run the football better in that situation. Totally get that as well. But when I have Patrick Mahomes and he is healthy, I do want to throw the ball but 65 70% of the time. He's I not get that. healthy. I get he's, that. he's
1: one hit away from having what you just you just outlined, all the, the negative stats. He's one hit away from becoming, you know, pick a quarterback. You know? That, that, that's what I'm saying. It's not just about... Like, if he's 100% healthy, hey, let's throw. 80%. I'm good. Let's go. Hey, you know. But he's not. I, at the end of the day, this still is about January. This is still about making sure this guy's ready to go. And I love the fact there's going to be, like, a nine-day break, 10-day break huge. after this game. That's huge. But, like, I'm, I'm telling you, I I care more about having that guy that's ready to roll, um, you know, when it matters than, like, even trying to win this game. And I, You're trying to win it. I, you guys know what I mean. Just let's try to find a way to control this football a little bit. That's all I'm saying. Because, you know, you go in there and you get down and they know you're going to start throwing. Hey, you know, Von Miller and some of these guys can still get after the quarterback a little bit. And again, you one injury away from an injury to this body part of this really special player that could sink your season.
2: He's Therese Paylor. I'm Brandon Kylie. It is the Therese Paylor Show on 610 Sports Radio. Give us a text. The protein LC with the purpose text line 69306. If you have any questions for Therese, we'll get to those coming up in the final segment of the show. But coming up next, there have been a lot of questions, and I think fair questions, about Brett Veach after what we've seen the last two weeks. I want to ask Therese Paylor what his thoughts are. If it's fair to criticize Brett Veach for the off seasons that he's had so far, we'll do that next. It is the Therese Paylor Show on 610 Sports Radio. <laughs>
0: The Therese Paler Show, 610
2: Sports Radio. Welcome back. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. I am Brandon Kiley. Therese Paler alongside of me, one of the best NFL writers in the country. You can read his work on Yahoo Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Therese Paler. Always get involved in the show. The Protein House Eat with a Purpose text line is 69306. We will get some of your questions coming up here. Just about 15 minutes or so. All right, Therese. So, one of the most common questions that I've seen coming off of yesterday's loss and really coming off of the last few few games based on the way that the defense has played is, is it time to start criticizing and critiquing the job that we've seen done from Brett Veach? Brett Veach, whenever he first came into uh, being the general manager... His 2018 draft, he came out afterwards and said, my task was to fix some of the run defense. I needed to get guys in here that were not going to allow what just happened to happen again. That was the draft that he got Dorian O'Daniel, Derek Nottie. Um, That that was his belief behind what that draft was. It was an all-defense draft. This year, he got Frank Clark. He got Tyron Matthew. He added Anthony Hitchens two years ago. That defense is his. That he has ownership over the defense at this point. Do you believe it is fair at this point to have criticism for Brett Veach for the way that the defense has played thus far?
1: I think when a defense performs the way it has over the first six weeks, everything is worthy of scrutiny. So you look at everything. Uh, but I will also tell you guys this: when a draft, when a draft class doesn't like perform, when players aren't like developing, that is beyond just a talent selection deal. That is a player development deal. That is a coaching deal. Everybody has ownership of that. So 2018 class, not get a lot of production from that. Everybody in that organization has ownership of that. And also, you know, this upcoming group too. Um, any issues you're seeing with this defense, it's a marriage between the players needing to do what they need to do to get as, to get better. Um, the coaches putting them in a better position to succeed in developing them. And the front office selecting better players. And that's going to be the ultimate test this offseason. Like, we already have a pretty clear, defined list of things that we know that this defense is going to need to add. You're going to need some solid uh, run stuff in defensive linemen, at least one. Like, somebody that, you know, defenders are going to double and he's not going to move. Linebackers who are sound against the run. Ideally, somebody that can play the run and pass. Because remember, If you can prove that you're good against or sound against the run, you're going to stop getting all these big looks. So you don't need to necessarily just go overboard and have a 1999 defense with three big run stuffers. You just need one because the moment you do that, they're just going to say, oh, great. You invested all your money in big men that can play the run. Now we're going to throw the ball on you. So you have to be smart about how you do it. But you do need kind of the wipeout, (coughs) dual, you know, uh, threat linebacker that's good versus the run in the past. So um, there, there's some things they're going to have to do here. Um, and listen, they've invested in Anthony Hitchens. They kicked the can down the road on that money. They need to get more out of him, right? That's putting him in a better position to succeed. I don't know if that's moving him back to weak side linebacker. I don't know what it is. But you got to get more out of him. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's finding some defensive linemen that can stay in there and be stout. And it's about finding another linebacker that can really help this team and nickel. And also corners as well. You know, I think we spent the first three weeks talking about the cornerback position, and no one's talking about it now, but if you do have a killer corner, you can devote another man in the secondary to stopping the run.
2: So you mentioned they need a run stuffer. I was of the opinion coming into the year that that was supposed to be Derek Nottie, and that was one of his picks, right? You mentioned they need a linebacker that's supposed to yeah. that's going to be good against the run in the pass. Well, they paid Anthony Hitchens to be that guy. That was Brett Veach's hand-picked, selected guy, I just, a lot of the holes that we're talking about were supposed to be filled. They needed a better pass rusher. They went out and got Frank Clark and Alex Mm -hmm. Okafor and Emmanuel Ogba. They needed guys that can stop the run on the defensive line. That was supposed to be naughty. They need linebackers that can play Mm -hmm. against the run in the past. The entire linebacking core has been handpicked by Brett Veach. I understand it's going to take time. I totally get that. But Brett Veach, for the first two years, has almost entirely devoted his resources and poured a lot into it. Money, draft picks, everything into the defense. And I'm
1: just not seeing the results yet. Right. So, again, when that happens, it's not just about the players you picked. It's about the development. It's about the coaching. Everybody at every level has ownership of that. So that's a team thing you got to fix. Because guess what? Go turn on the tape of Anthony Hitchens in 2017. Looked a hell of a lot better. Right? So what was he doing there that he's not doing here? He's the same guy. What's going on? Right? Is that coaching? I don't know. But I'm saying, like, everybody owns a piece of that. It's player development. Because if you turn on the tape from Hitchens in 2016, he could play. Okay? So, like, um, and I'll also tell you this. What i always tell you about young defensive linemen, in general, they stink as a rookie. Second year they're a little better than they do what Chris Jones did last year in the third year. They blow up. So you know Colin Saunders has been a third round pick on him. I'd be waiting you know you might be waiting a couple years on that. that's how that goes. Um, Frank Clark seems pretty clear he might be playing hurt, but you know seemed a little bit better on Sunday. Um, at the end of the day, look no one's making excuses for the lack of production that we we've seen from certain positions on the defense, but everybody owns it. Don't get suckered into thinking that it's one guy who messed this up or it's one major issue. It's not. You have to have a higher level of football thinking about this. It's not one thing. It's not like ah, if you took a better player, um, you know, if you took a different player, maybe it'd work. It probably wouldn't. If the coaches and play and if the coaches aren't developing them, do you see? Absolutely. It's a higher level of football. What I
2: was hoping though. I really liked the staff that was put together this year. I I, I wasn't sold on the Spagnolo hire, but I I really yes. liked the staff that he had underneath him, the guys that he was hiring as the position coaches. And so I think that's part of my frustration. And honestly, I'm not even so much frustrated as I am confused as yeah. to what's taking place on the field every Sunday because I really liked the hires that they made for the assistant right. coaches Matt House, and it's not coming Bryn to fruition. Daly. Right. Like, so I, I trust the coaches, and so that's why I ask you about Brad Veach, is because I had such high faith, high, such well, high belief of the coaching staff well, that, well, they, 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 they replaced those guys.
1: What is, what is well, left? Look, has you know? had six games under his belt. You'll have a clearer view of like how his staff is coming together by the end of the year. But I'm just telling you, six games in, when a defense is underperforming, that is a team failure. That is everybody. And don't let yourself get suckered into thinking it's one issue. It ain't one player, it ain't one position, it's not one problem. It's all of them. They all better take ownership and get better. Otherwise, we're going to be talking about some different players here in the offseason.
2: So earlier today, you mentioned that a corner, adding a corner to this group could help what the defense is against the run because it allows you to bring more people into the box. It allows you to do more things as a defense coordinator. We were talking earlier today, and you said there's another thing that you didn't mention in your column today that you do think can help the defense. What is that?
1: Well, we talked about that. It's running the ball. I think that, again, time, um, you know, it, it's about managing the football game. They're, you can help these guys by helping keeping them off the field. Um, you know, that th- we've already discussed that, but that was one thing in my column from Sunday that I didn't like stress. But, like, you know, if they can find a way to establish a run game or at least even if there's short completion that you know you'll get, I care about this time being run off the clock. I do. I really do. Um, and I, I just don't. I don't think it's a good thing when, like, if, like, week after week, time of possession becomes an issue. I, I think that's going to be a problem because this is only week six right now. We still got 10 more weeks of football to play.
2: He's Therese Paler. I'm Brandon Kylie. We got 15 minutes left on this show, Therese. We got a lot to get into. We will do that coming up on the other side. We got to go around the NFL. We want to hear from you guys. Text messages 69306 is the Protein LC with a Purpose text line. If you have a question for Therese that you want answered, and I know there are a lot, of questions from Chiefs fans right now. Get them in right now. Protein LZ with a purpose text line 69306. I also want to take a look at the Thursday night game. we got a quick turnaround this week for mm. us and for the team. Yep. We'll take a look at that with Therese Paler coming up on the other side. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio.
0: The Therese Paler Show, 610 Sports Radio.
2: Wrapping things up here on the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kylie Therese Paler alongside me. You can follow him on Twitter. Find his work there at Therese Paler, also on Yahoo Sports. The Protein LC with a Purpose sex line is 69306 to get any of your questions in throughout the show. We will get into those coming up here in just about five minutes or so. Before we go around the NFL, Therese, I did want to take a look forward to Thursday night's game against the Denver Broncos with you. It's a quick turnaround. That means for Pat, it's a quick turnaround for his ankle. For any of the guys that are coming back from injury, it's a quick turnaround for that as well. What are you expecting in this game against the Broncos? It's
1: one of the least impressive passing games I've seen. So you look, they're gonna come out, they're gonna try to run the ball. Phillip Lindsay is fantastic. Phillip is a really good back. Freeman's not bad either. Um, so get ready for the zone. Here it comes. Here comes a run game. Okay. And listen, well, I'm <laughs> listen... You know, you're not going to be able to practice it because no one's hitting three days between games. Um, you know, you're going to have to devote resources to stopping it. Hopefully these guys are better against the zone run. than maybe you think because if they aren't, that gives Denver an opportunity to take control of this game. And again, control the clock in a way that keeps Mahomes off the field. Especially if they get out to an early lead. So there's no doubt about what this team's going to try to do. They're going to try to run the ball. Joe Flacco's the quarterback. They're limited what they can do throwing the ball. You know, they're going to try and push it downfield. At least they're going to scheme it up. He doesn't always pull the trigger, but they're going to try to run the ball, and they're going to try to bully you in front of national television, in front of everybody. You know what's coming. This is a gut check game. I do
2: have one theory on the division, Terez. I'd want to run this by you and get your thoughts on it. I think the Chiefs might be in a situation similar to what the Patriots have found themselves in over the years. I think the division might stink. I watched the Chargers on Sunday. That seems terrible. They are awful. I don't oh, think the yeah. Broncos are very good. This oh, is a game Jesus. that the Chiefs need to win. And the Raiders, I think, are average. I think the Raiders are a 7-9, and 8-8 eight and eight type of team at the end of the year. This is what the AFC East has been for years. And so the one advantage that I do think the Chiefs have right now moving forward is that at least they play in a division where – I don't think they're at any risk of losing the division. They're not losing
1: the division, and I, I lost unless somebody very important gets hurt. Um, now, I will tell you this, too, as well. The schedule over the next four weeks, uh, you know, because it's not just Denver that's going to try to line up and run the football on you, okay? It's the Packers, it's the Vikings, and the Titans. All three of those teams will like nothing more than to run the ball down your throat. So you're going to have to get through that. The good news is if you can get through this four-game stretch – And I'm not going to sugarcoat it and tell you everything's going to be sunshine and rainbows by the time this four-game stretch is over. Um, But if you can get through it and, you know, still kind of, you know, if you can get through it and be fine, um, the second half of the schedule is looking a little soft, aside from a game against the Patriots in December. So you're going through your tough stretch of the season right now. I actually think half of November and December can be pretty good for the Chiefs. So if you need another piece of optimism, that's something to keep in mind. Let's go around the
2: NFL. Hit those beats for me, Chris Unocero. Let's start with this one. We talked about this a little off air. The Panthers have been really good since Cam Newton went down with injury. Do you think there's any concern about Cam getting his job back now that Kyle Allen's been playing as well as he has?
1: No concern. Um, I think the Panthers just keep taking Kyle Allen playing this well as long as they can because it allows Cam Newton to heal. But he's Cam Newton. When he's healthy, he will take the job again. And if he struggles over a period of games, then there's something to think about. But when you've got a guy who's been your starting quarterback, as long as he's had one MVP and gotten to a super bowl, you're not going to move on from him until, you know, until you know, no, it's time. One of the teams
2: that the chiefs do play. You you bring up the schedule and how difficult it is coming up. They got the Vikings coming up and the Vikings look fixed, fixed all of a sudden. They're now four and two after a beatdown of the Eagles on Sunday. Is this a team that's going to be back into contention in your
1: opinion, Trust? There's only so much Kirk Cousins is going to do, but it does seem like the last two weeks, uh, the yapping from Thielen and Stefan Diggs is, has helped uh, open up the offense a little bit. I think that's a good thing. I think that they need to try to throw the football. You know, again, it's not going to be Patrick back there, but they got to throw it. They got to make teams respect it. And if they can, that opens up one of the league's best ground games. The Vikings can run the football. Dalvin Cook is fantastic. His backup is fantastic. Alex Madison, if they're good throwing the football, that's an offense in general that's very difficult to stop. I do think they will finish with nine wins, 10 wins, maybe 11, something like
2: that. One of the themes of yesterday's games, in my opinion, was watching Jameis Winston throw a ton of interceptions, and then later in the day, watching the Titans get shut out by the Denver Broncos and Marcus Mariota in that game being replaced by Ryan Tannehill. You think we're watching the beginning of the end of yeah. those
1: two starters in the league? Yeah, you think watching the Chiefs right now is difficult. Imagine being a Titans fan or a Bucks fan and you've wasted the last five years watching a quarterback that's not going to be your guy. Misplaced hope is brutal in the National Football League. At least you've got the most important position settled. I think the Titans and the Bucks are they're both going to look really hard at going back to the drawing board at that position this offseason.
2: Going back to the drawing board is exactly what the Cowboys and the Rams are about to do. Cowboys and Rams each started the year 3-0. They looked awesome. And over the last three weeks, they have both gone 0-3. Therese, what the hell has gone wrong with those two teams?
1: Cowboys haven't been able to establish a rhythm. I think we've seen that the first three weeks. They played three passes. Now they're facing teams that are punching back, and they're having a difficult time answering that bell. Um, The Rams, I'm really concerned about. I actually think Dallas will respond. I'm actually really concerned about the Rams. Number one, there's a Super Bowl hangover. Any team that gets to the Super Bowl and loses, it almost always, unless they're the Patriots. The next year is surprisingly bad. Um, the second thing is, golf look atrocious. Jared Goff had been throwing pretty well up until yesterday, but you can't throw for 72 yards or whatever he threw for. 78 yards, a long of 12, 0 for 9 on third downs. I'm actually re- really worried about the Rams. I don't think their offensive line is as good. Um, the defense suddenly lost its bite i just i'm I'm very concerned about the rams i think the cowboys have bounced back but i'm concerned about the rams
2: keep to leave also put on ir earlier today which and that's is an attitude a,
1: guy that's yeah. an attitude guy for them you hate losing those guys
2: he's not an insignificant player in that secondary also i would guess i don't know this to be true but i would guess that's a guy that marcus peters respects and that's <laughs> somebody that you want on the field as opposed to not oh, having it's, him
1: out no there. no Peters and the t- Talib are close. Yeah. So yeah.
2: <laughs> we've, we've been down that road here in Kansas City. <laughs> all right. Last thing that I wanted to get to from around the NFL. It is in that Rams game. They played the 49ers and got their teeth kicked in. I was very slow on the 49ers we to come all right. around to that team. I think they're actually good. 49ers what are do you for think real. about them?
1: They have the best nickel defense in the NFL. Um, that's because they invested so much draft capital in these defensive linemen. Um, and then they traded for D Ford, who's been secretly pretty good, only playing forty percent of the snaps. Be really nice to have D him Ford, here right now, you know. But trust me, if he was here right now, you guys would be complaining about him too. <laughs> oh, D I Ford would've. can't play against the run. Oh, why did we keep him? Uh, you guys would be bringing up the offsides thing. Uh, he that was for the best don't for everybody. You put that, don't you put me in that category what? of you guys? No, I it's everybody. It's everybody. It's everybody that was ready to see D Ford go. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, they got the best nickel defense. And, and like the key to it is that they got two linebackers that are really good, that don't really have to come off the field. Freddie Warner, Kwan Alexander. That's how you that's how you hold, that's how you build a defense. They invested the draft capital, some smart free agent signings, and now you add that to a run game. Everyone's trying to hijack. Everybody wants to have the Kyle Shanahan inside, outside zone run scheme, that play action off of it. You got a team that's gonna win double digit games and it's going to be in the mix to win that division even though i like the seahawks i'm telling you this is that's a good football team man Kyle Shanahan is a boss he is I straight up Kyle a boss Shanahan. man yeah he's awesome it takes
2: a couple of years for teams to be or for players to be able to kind of assimilate into his system but once they do watch out all right let's get to some of the texts from the listeners the protein LC with a purpose sex line is 69306 i've seen a lot of people ask this question i don't think they should do it i don't think they should even consider <laughs> in my opinion going. but Should the Chiefs consider benching Patrick Mahomes on Thursday in order to get him healthy over the next two weeks to be ready for the Packers game?
1: If you were going to bench Mahomes, you should have done it the week after. like You should have done it right after he originally suffered the the ankle sprain. Done it for two weeks and been done with it. So now you're going through it. Now he's playing through it. Again, I think the answer, more two tight end sets, a little more fullback stuff run the football a little bit more, protect him that way at this point. Especially now, you, you've let him play the last two games. Um, let him play against Denver because you actually need this game now and then just hope that he gets the rest he needs over the 10 days afterwards. The protein I see with the purpose X sign
2: is 69306. Therese, did we put too much blame on Bob Sutton? Maybe no. he really was dealt a bad hand because the adjustments. You don't even believe are... that as you say that. Like <laughs> I'm,
1: not, yeah. I'm not asking that not. No, no, question. I'm just saying, but I can tell. <laughs> Like, I can tell when you really believe something and when you don't. Like, you're you just like, hey, let me just read this. <laughs> like, no. Guys, come on. It's been six years. Like, it was just time. Like, sometimes with coaches, the message gets stale. It's just time to go. It was time for Bob to go. Let's see with his new staff what kind of strides they can make over the next few months. But, no, it was still time to go. Bob Sutton's we, new team is did. doing really well defensively Chris.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, look.
1: Hey, look. The, the Atlanta Falcons only got five sacks on a year, even though they're built to get to the quarterback. So, I... By the way, the 1-5 Atlanta Falcons. So, no, it's, yeah, it's that not that. I, I hear you. I hear whoever sent that. Like, I hear what you're saying. But it, I think the person who sent that is, like, actually hearing what I'm saying when I say, you know, don't get suckered into thinking it's, like, one thing or one guy. It's, like, all of them. And, and if this continues to go the way it has, the spotlight's going to be on everything. Not, like, in a meaningful way, I think, next year. I mean, not this offseason. But next year, it will be. Protein L Z with a purpose X sign of
2: 69306. Therese, how many personnel moves do you expect the Chiefs to make before the trade deadline?
1: Outside of just like trying to sign some street free agents and hoping you can hoping you can get a little magic in a bottle, which is basically impossible because anybody who's worth signing generally is is on a roster because um, you know, they might make a, a, a trade or two. like I wouldn't be surprised if they made a trade or two. The problem is they played so poorly defensively. You know, even if you traded for that killer corner, like, that could help it, but they need help everywhere. And you could also make a really good case before we get out of here. The thing they need the most is, like, cheap, cost-controlled defensive talent because we know what Mahomes is about to get in about three months. Quickly, how much worse are the Chiefs than the Patriots right now? It's, it's pretty clear. I think the Patriots are class of the NFL, um, and I think the Chiefs are, like, in that class, like, below it. But the good news is that as far as the AFC goes – you know, maybe the Texans have kind of snuck in there with him. But, like, as long as you've got a Mahomes and he's 85% or better, you can win anywhere in January.
2: He's Therese Paylor. I'm Brandon Kylie. This has been the Therese Paylor Show on 610 Sports Radio. We are here with you guys each and every Monday night from 6 until 7 o'clock on 610 Sports Radio. Follow Therese at Therese Paylor. Be reading his work. You should do it all the time. It is on Yahoo Sports I'm Brandon Kiley. For Chris Uno Unocero, we appreciate his help behind the glass. It's the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.